If you have your Bibles, I, I am going to read and direct your attention to the Old Testament, to a very small book of the Old Testament that is wedged between a book called Judges and the book of 1 Samuel, and it is Ruth, the book of Ruth. And I am going to read just two verses of Scripture and And then I'm going to just open my heart and talk to you about what the Lord has been talking to me about. Over the last two or three days, I've had so many things that I've been working on sermon material-wise. And when you get all that stuff going in your mind, it's hard to separate and differentiate. But as clearly as I've ever felt God direct me back to... uh, a word I believe he directed me to that tonight and it's for you there may be some other people that are not here tonight that need it but you're here and I believe God's word is for us that are here tonight amen Ruth chapter 1 and um, it reads beginning in verse 19 so they too went speaking of Naomi and her daughter-in-law Ruth, and they too went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them, or all the city was excited, and they said, Is this Naomi? And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara. For the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. I want to talk to you tonight, and that's what I may do more of than than, uh, anything else. But I want to talk to you for a little while about Naomi's mistake. Naomi's mistake. I believe that when the great drama of our earth's history is ended and when the Lord has brought together all things and His glorious redemptive work uh, comes to a conclusion and when the order of the world has been brought again to that which it was in the beginning and out of the confusion and chaos of life there comes a set order of eternity and when light has come out of darkness and evil passions of wicked men and the malignant devices of evil spirits have been overruled and put in their place and the Lord reigns eternal I believe that for those who reign with him, how differently life and things will appear from that perspective. That when we get to that point and look back, what we're going through right now is going to have a whole different perspective to it. Now, I believe all of us feel that we have a pretty good grasp on life and that we understand life. Uh, As a matter of fact, most people that I am talking to tonight uh, 
think that we know what it means. Uh, we have interpreted a lot of things in life, and, and so we feel like we have a grasp on life. But really, do we have a grasp on life and how little we know about interpreting life? How little we know about interpreting life. Many are the times when things that happen in our life are interpreted to be the absolute worst thing that could happen, but they weren't. How many times have we found ourselves in places where everything around us was wrong? Nothing was right. Everything about our life was unraveling. And at that moment, in our mind and in our estimation of life, it was the absolute worst that it could be. Nothing worse could happen. And this is often true of not one of us, but many of us. It's hard to tell the truth about life because we all have such a limited view of it. We all only see a small segment of life. And this world is to all of us in some measure a veil of tears. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you brush your teeth every morning and you gargle with scope. I don't care if you pay all your taxes and you don't kick your dog and you don't kill any cats. <laughs> I still believe that life for all of us is going to be a hard row to hoe. You will not get through life unscathed. Now, if you haven't figured that out already, you need to wake up and smell the coffee. And I will be honest with you. I pastored for a long time and dealt with people for 30-something years. And it amazes me how intelligent people can take a skewed view of life and interpret everything going on in their life by that moment or by that situation and they do not see beyond that, and they, they feel like that, that something is wrong, or they've done something wrong. Maybe they have, maybe they haven't. But we will not get out of this life without having a few heartaches and without shedding a few tears. It's just life. Life is going to deal to all of us some blows that are going to be hard to understand. And incidents are going to happen in life that can mar and mark us for a long, long time. And how unfit we are to judge an unfinished work. And we are all unfinished works. How unfit we are tonight in reality to judge whether it's good or bad at this particular moment. Because we don't know. We do know this, that even if it's bad, the Bible tells us that for those who love the Lord and who are the call according to His purpose, that He makes all things work together. So whatever it is that you see in life at this moment, none of us 
are really qualified to pass judgment on an unfinished work. But I'm telling you tonight, I have met some people that know everything. And they know everything about their life and they know everything about your life and they know everything about everybody else's life. But I'm telling you tonight that I have lived long enough that the longer I live, the more I realize I don't know about life. Because I have passed judgment on some times in my life that I thought were the absolute worst and when I look at them now, they were absolutely the best times of my life. But it took time and distance for me to see that. The story of Naomi is one of the grandest stories of redemption that is written and recorded in the Bible. And though it is a small book, it would do all of you well to go back and read it again because it deals with the kinsman redeemer and a Gentile that is brought under the canopy of Boaz the Jew and is made a part of his life and ultimately becomes part of the lineage of Jesus Christ and God's ultimate purpose for the world. But her life, when we open the book as it begins to unfold to us at that moment was in great crisis because Genesis or, or Ruth chapter 1 and verse 1 tells us that when at that particular moment in her life there was a famine in the land. There was a famine. There was a lack. There were hard times. There were difficult days. There were moments when survival was the most important thing on their mind. How am I going to get through the day? How am I going to put food on the table today? How are we going to make it through this particular moment? And getting through that moment meant for uh, Naomi and her husband that they might have to take a journey. And so they did. Moab was ripe and Moab had plenty uh, of food and substance and so Naomi and her husband and her two sons journeyed into Moab to find some kind of respite for the famine and the hardships of their homeland. And there are times in our life when troubles and pressures can force you and I to make decisions that are not always the wisest decisions of our life. But they went into Moab, and Moab was the decision that they made, and they had to live with that decision. And there, there are a lot of people in life that go through life trying to go back and unmake decisions that were made years ago or months ago or weeks ago, and they get frustrated because they can't go back and undo it. What you and I have to learn how to do is live with our mistakes. And whether it was a good choice or a bad choice, really none of us at this particular moment in history or in the story can tell whether it's a good move or a bad move. They just moved out of necessity. But in the end, it appeared to be something different than it actually was. And so she takes her family and they move to Moab. And sometimes 
In life, you are going to have to live with what you decide. You're going to have to sleep in the bed that you make. You're going to have to reap the harvest that you sow. There's not going to be a crop failure. You're going to have to learn to process and eat corn or crow, whichever one it is. Am I not telling somebody the truth tonight? And while she's there, while Naomi and her husband and her two sons were there, her life began to unravel. I don't know how long it was, but after they had been there a short period of time, her husband died. Tragedy. In a foreign place, away from her family, all of the support group that she's accustomed to, her husband dies. Her two sons marry women of Moab. They were not Israelites. They were Gentiles. They marry these two women, Ruth and Orpha. And then life goes on. It seems everything's okay and uh, it, everything kind of settles down. And for 10 years, everything was fine. And all of a sudden, the two sons die. No reason. No rhyme. No explanation. One trouble and then another. It was bad enough that he they'd had to leave their home. It was bad enough that they'd had to come to this place. It was bad enough that she had lost her husband. Now her sons are gone. And so in the process of all of that, you could say with me tonight that Naomi had lost much. She had lost much. And in such a state of mind, she heard that in her homeland, God had visited that land again, and it was blessed, and there was food, and so she makes a decision, I'm going home. I'm going back to my people. And there's the, the, the beautiful story of how Orpha and Ruth go out on the road with her, and she tells them to go back to their people. And Orpha kisses her and goes back, but Ruth said, no, Whithersoever thou goest, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. Your God shall be my God. I'm going wherever you go, Naomi. And so Ruth followed Naomi, and they journeyed back to the homeland. And it was in such a state of heaviness and gloom and burden that she is welcomed back into her homeland. She comes home a broken, battered woman. And as she comes into her homeland, there are people that recognize her. This is Naomi. This is our, our, our sister. This is our neighbor. And so they begin to call out to her, Naomi, Naomi. And quickly, Naomi makes a statement that is indicative of the mind of that woman at that time. And she said, call me no longer Naomi, but call me Mara. Naomi means pleasant, desirable, desired. And Mara means bitterness. And so she interpreted all that had happened in her life over the last 10 or 12 years as being the hand of God and the judgment of God. And she said that. 
She said the hand of God was against me. God had allowed all of these things to happen. And she made the mistake that many make today and maybe some of you are making even now by allowing your circumstances or whatever it is that you're going through to define who you are. She said, I am no longer Naomi, but I am Mara. And she allowed the circumstances of her life. She allowed what she was going through at that moment to define who she was. At that moment in her life, it looked like her life had been an utter failure. I wonder tonight if I'm talking to anybody that's been looking back over your life and you think, you know what, my life up to this point has just been one big mess. My life at this moment is just a failure. By all practical purposes, when you look at me, this is the worst time of my life. But is it really the worst time of your life? I'm not saying that it's not a bad time. I'm not saying that it's not a painful time. I'm not saying that it's not a hard time. But is it really the worst time of your life? It all depends on whether you leave it in God's hand or not. It all depends on whether you leave it in God's hands. For some of us tonight, at this point of our life, If we had to sum up life, we would say, failure. I made all these mistakes. I made all these poor choices. I did all these things. But my question tonight, is it really failure? You see, Naomi erred like many of us err. By measuring God's wisdom by our wisdom. Measuring God's wisdom by our reason. I mean, obvious, if you just look at me right now, I went out full, I came back empty. I went out of this land, I had a husband and two sons, I come back and all I've got is a daughter-in-law. A Gentile at that. Not even of our blood. So, she erred in measuring God's wisdom and God's plan in her life by a human measure. And the cloud that hung over her in her mind could no way be turned into a morning of happiness and joy. I wondered tonight how many of us doubt whether the sun will ever shine again in our life. The like of the disciples who failed to recognize Jesus as the one who was walking to them on the water in a perfect calm, undisturbed by what was troubling and tormenting them at the moment. They could not recognize who he was because they were trying to interpret him through what they were going through. How could this be God and he's not shaking and waking and quivering and he's just walking on the water and so we make the mistake of interpreting life through that small prism that we're in at this particular moment and she she had come back 
to her homeland. That meant that she had come back to the altars of her God. And she had come back to the courts of the Lord. Now listen to me, folks. I don't care what's happened in your past. It's always a good thing when you come home. And it's always a good thing when you can come back to the altar of God. I don't care how miserable the last 10 years have been or the last 20 years have been. I don't care what kind of hell you've been living in or going through. It's always a good thing when you can come back to the altar of the Lord. There were blessings there that could not be lost. Do you hear me tonight? There are blessings at the altar of God that cannot be lost. Circumstances can't strip them from you. Problems can't take them away from you. Death cannot take them away from you. People walking out of your life cannot take it away from you. People abandoning you in your life cannot. There are some things that remain at the altar for the child of God that nothing in this life can take you, take, take away from you. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And somebody said amen. What Naomi needed more than anything else at that stage in her life was perspective. She needed perspective. You see, if Naomi could have seen just three months down the road how different her feelings about that moment would have been. If she could have just seen three months down the road from this tragedy, three months down the road of this ten years of hell or twelve years of misery or whatever you've been going through, if they could just see three months down the road, she would see Ruth gleaning in the fields of Boaz and Boaz opening his tent and inviting her in and connecting his life with hers and the rest is history. That's what she failed to see because her perspective was so limited by what she was going through at that particular moment. I go back to what I said in the beginning. We're not really good judges of unfinished works. And how badly we interpret things. A few short months would give her a complete different interpretation of her life. At this moment, she is interpreting her life as a failure. Don't call me Naomi. Don't call me blessed. Don't call me pleasant. Don't call me desirable. There's nothing about my life that's desirable. There's nothing about my life that's pleasant. Call me bitterness. Call me anguish. Call me tears. Call me whatever it is that I've been living through for the last 10 years. Praise God. Folks, when you're in a difficult place, it is so important to keep your perspective. Naomi failed in that she looked upon all the things that had happened that were going on in her life as if God had caused them by his indifference or his lack of care over her life. They appeared to her distressed soul as arrows of judgment rather than strokes of love. How can a loss be a blessing? She had lost so much. But by focusing on her trials, she failed to realize that many blessings still remained in her life. There was still an altar. There was still a God. There were still her people. And she had Ruth. 
She had Ruth. Oh, you don't get it yet. You'll get it in a minute. You see, Naomi's error is all too often ours, that we interpret the temporary things, the temporary places, the temporary events in life as permanent, life-ending, life-changing, name-changing. And you know what happens? We allow life. We allow what we're going through. We allow what's happening to us to change our name. No longer call me blessed. Call me cursed. No longer call me a child of God. Call me a failure and a mistake. And we make the mistake of allowing life to change our name. And in, 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 in to help you better understand, your name is your identity. It's who you are. And if you're not careful, you will allow circumstances and I will allow circumstances to so affect us and so influence us that we will allow those things to change who we are. My message to you is simple tonight. Don't let circumstances decide your destiny. Don't let a temporary setback or a temporary circumstance or a temporary period of your life define your destiny. Don't let life sour your attitude and sour your spirit to such a place that everything in your life is gray. And there's nothing to smile about. Some of you will get this later when you get the tape. Don't let life destroy who you are. Because if you're not careful, life will beat you down and it will attack who you are, what God has created you to be. You must not ever let life destroy that. All she had to show for her journey in Moab was Ruth. She had lost a husband. She had lost two sons and one daughter-in-law. All she had was one daughter-in-law. But listen to me, folks. Ruth was enough. <laughs> Ruth was enough. Even in her loss, she had gained something she did not have before. Do you get that? Even in her loss, she had gained something that was more of eternal value than what she had lost. It was going to be through Ruth that God was going to bless the lineage of His own seed. And He was going to bring about the promises of eternity through that woman. And think, if she had not gone there and gone through all she had gone through and lived through all she had lived through, it would have never happened. I say again, we are poor at deciding on an unfinished work. Amen. A daughter-in-law that would find her way into the divine lineage of God's purpose was worth having. No matter what you've lost. Amen. Don't let your losses cause you to forget your gains. Let me say that again. Don't let your losses cause you to forget what you've gained. You do have Ruth. True. You lost a son or two sons or you lost a friend, or you lost this or that. I mean, you can lose a lot of things. You lost a job. 
you lost a family member, you lost a, a, a connection. You, you, there, there's just a myriad of things that people lose in life. But listen to me, you've gained something in the loss. If you'll just look around and open your eyes, if God's got His hand on you, which I believe He does, God didn't take you there or let you go there so you would come back a miserable failure even though you've lost something. If you'll just look around, you still have something left and what you have left is better than what you lost. Woo! Praise God. I've come to tell somebody tonight, whether you believe it or not, I'm going to tell you anyway, the best is yet to come. Praise God. Brother you, I don't know how it could be. I don't know. I can't live through this. I just, my heart is so broken. And I'm not making light of that. But I'm just telling you tonight, your best is yet to come. Why? Because if God is still involved, which I believe He is, God's best is always ahead. Yes, God's best is always... Listen to how he describes creation. He said the evening and the morning were the first day. Look at God's way of thinking. He takes the hard part first. The darkness, the things that are not understood. He said live through that, but there's a day coming. And that day's never going to have an end. So whatever you've got to live through right now, it's just a space of time. Keep your head. Keep your eyes on me. Keep walking with me. Keep trusting me. The day's coming. The sun's going to come up. The sun's going to shine again and it's going to shine forever and ever and ever and the best is yet to come praise God praise God praise God praise God praise God amen 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 come on folks let's just let God finish his work let's let God do what he's good at doing finishing And let him work it all out. The best is still to come. Like Naomi, we may lose some things along the way that are painful and troubling and heartbreaking. And in life, you will lose things that will tear you to pieces. People walk away. Children rebel. Families are fractured. How different our afflictions would look, though, if we could only project them a few years down the road. And we could look back at this moment. Amen. Lift up your head. Stop clothing everything in your life right now in sackcloth. Everything's not dead. I said everything's not dead. God gave me this one to give to you just before I came out of my office. Quit interpreting life through That lens of failure that has been your past. That's what Naomi was doing. She was interpreting everything going on right now through a lens that was focused on the failures of her past. And God said, you go tell somebody, quit interpreting life through that lens of failure. You made a mistake. Sometimes you got to learn how to live with your mistakes. You made a bad choice. You made a bad decision. It happens to the best of us. I've seen some smart people do some dumb things in my life. I'm talking about ignorant things. I'm thinking if they even got their brain up when they woke up that morning. But it's happened. It happens to all of us. 
We're not shooting a hundred in, in this thing called life. And we look around and we can be so critical about somebody else. And we can be so judgmental. Well, bless God, I wouldn't do that. Or bless God, it wouldn't ever happen to me. And the truth is, if we had been in their shoes, we would have probably made a worse mistake than they made. Come on. Give it up, folks. God's not through yet. And none of us are good judges of an unfinished work. You don't know what I might wind up being, and I don't know what you're going to wind up being. So let's let God finish what He started. Quit interpreting life through that lens of failure. You listen to me. Just because you made a mistake does not mean that you are a mistake. Praise God. I'm going to go next door and preach this too. How different it all will look in a few months, a few weeks, maybe perhaps a few years when we look back over life through the lens of eternity and we see how God took all of the good and the bad and the pain and the hurt, and he wove it together for our good. And he just continually pointed me ahead because that's where the best things are. They're still ahead of you. They're not behind you. If you came to hear a preacher tell you that you've blown it and you'll never get it back, you're not going to hear that from me. Because I believe in a God who is able to restore the years that the caterpillar hath devoured. I believe in a God who is able to restore the years that the canker worm hath eaten up. I believe in a God who can take a life that is broken in a million pieces and put it all back together and make it work. I believe in a God who can take a lump of clay and put it on the wheel and begin working on it and all of a sudden it's not cooperating and he has to take out that lump. He has to take out something and then he starts working on it all over again to make it another vessel for his kingdom. I am convinced tonight that the best days of our church are still ahead of us. And you know what? When I say that, I can feel some people that are against us. They just, it's just like, I'll prove you wrong. Go ahead and prove, do whatever you want to do. I'm just telling you, the best days are ahead of us. And the quicker we get our eyes off of our circumstances, and the quicker we quit defining ourselves by our failures, and the quicker we get our eyes back on Him and realize that through it all, God has kept His hand on me, and I'm better off today than I was yesterday. I might have a few less things and I suffer for that. But when I look at what I still have, what I still have, whoo, whoo, what I still have, what remains is enough. Amen. Let's stand together.